0: ever get the uneasy feeling that you've been fed a lie? Not just any lie, but one that you have believed your entire life and which has guided many of your decisions. Most of the time, we shake off this feeling and go about our lives. But what if that feeling was the key to unlocking everything? I'm Joe Kwan, The Connection Counselor, and on each episode of The Big Lie we'll reveal a new lie that, once uncovered, has the power to transform your relationships, career, and life. Let's do this. Do you enjoy having great ideas but not being heard? Or worse, having someone repeat them and get all the credit? Are you happy to continue delivering great work, only to be passed over and watch as others from outside the company or your peers get the job? Would you benefit from being part of a community whose focus is on developing the interpersonal skills needed to elevate your career? Hi, I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and I just launched such a community on Slack called Unlock You. If you believe unlocking interpersonal skills is a crucial part of elevating your career, I would love for you to join us. Enrollment is currently open and free. You can go to www.connectioncounselor.com and click on the link to join us. See you soon. Welcome to The Big Lie, the show that changes everything. Each episode, we have a different guest share the lie that once you realize it is a lie, it changes everything. Today, we have a delightful guest, Elizabeth C. Haynes. Elizabeth is an abuse and trauma survivor, a former yoga teacher, a rare disease sufferer, and a kindness warrior. Born in Texas, Elizabeth holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in literature from Kansas State University and has been writing professionally since 2004. Her poetry has appeared in a literary anthology, and she has also served as a head of content. Elizabeth writes about the things that are close to her heart, the experiences she has had in life, and the beauty that can be found in the natural world. Hello, Elizabeth. So great to see you again.
1: Hi, thanks for having me again.
0: Last time uh, we had a great discussion on happiness on on the Why It Works podcast, and I remember you talked about. Your book that you were working on so any updates uh on the book
1: it's finally going to come out in august we've had a number of covid related delays as everybody is having right now so um very excited about that nervous about that it's available for pre-order already so we'll see what happens
0: all right awesome i'm very excited this will be um i know you've been published before but this will be your first time like as an author like your own book i believe
1: yeah, I actually wrote the poem under a pseudonym that was published before. I guess I didn't have enough confidence in myself to even write a <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this is really the verse.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent. So let's get to know you a little bit better. What makes you happy or what makes you sad?
1: Yeah. The happy thing is always, it's been a constant is animals make me really happy. Um, I grew up just surrounded by animals and I had a really, um, dysfunctional household. So the animals just kind of gave me peace. They were always calm. They always accepted me. They always loved me no matter what. And so to this day, being around animals, being around nature, that always makes me really happy. Of course, my husband, I can't forget him. He makes me happy, (laughs) but, um, you know, as far as what makes me sad, the things that make me the most sad are just the way humans treat each other sometimes and just the unkindness and um, lack of understanding, lack of empathy, you know, that I see a lot. And that really makes me sad because we're all the same. We come from the same place where wherever we go after we die, we're all going there. So, um, you know, just just that kind of continued battling and egos and all of that,
0: that makes me really sad. So, Yeah, definitely. Well, the animal things, uh, definitely. Your husband, good one on that. <laughs> and the, uh, I feel the same way about my wife and, uh, yeah. and my son. And the thing about how we treat each other, I mean, definitely. It's like, um, it's, it's just amazing how, blatantly mean we can be to each other and you know we were all guilty of this from time to time but for like no really good reason you know just it it's it just sometimes you just end up scratching your head like why
1: yeah well they you know they always say hurt people hurt people and I found that to be really true because mm-hmm. I found that you know, the healthier that I've become on the inside, the less I'm capable of hurting other people just because, you know, I'm doing better. Not that I was ever a terrible person, but I know I've done things that haven't been great. Everybody has. And I, I really think that that's true. I think a lot of people are hurting right now. And that's why we're seeing so much of it.
0: Yeah. Um, a former guest of mine uh, that I really respect a lot, Dr. David Lieberman, he wrote this great book. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's about getting along better with people, right? Like um, even really difficult people. And one of the premises premises that he has in a lot of his advice is exactly what you said. It, it's based on the principle that hurt people, treat other people badly, right? So a lot of his, I mean, I don't wanna call them techniques it's not about like tricking people, but like a lot of his advice is based on getting that person to feel safe and respected and not fearful because they're only treating that way even if they are ostensibly a very powerful person like inside they're very fearful so as long as they feel scared even if you're like a lower person or someone with less power they're still going to treat you badly because because that's the overriding thing not the fact that you can actually harm them they so it's it's it definitely goes along with what you were saying
1: Yeah, I think that's true, and I think people that do have power, if they don't have really good self-awareness, then they don't realize they're so afraid of losing that power that they treat people in, you know, improper ways, so,
0: you know, way of the
1: world, I guess.
0: (laughs) Well, let's head to our launching point. Um, It's a video with a comedian and uh, an author that I think has uh, positively impacted uh, a lot of people's lives.
1: What do you feel about this particular historic moment? Do you think that something significant is happening? Uh, Yes, we live at a time of uh, great change and also a time of uh, uh, enormous adversity too. We started with the the virus and uh, great change and uh, adversity are actually inseparable, because uh, humans will not change unless they are faced with obstacles and adversity. So I I believe there's a connection.
0: So Elizabeth, um, explain a little bit uh, who these folks are, what they're talking about, and and how it sort of leads into your big lie.
1: Yeah. So Russell Brand, I used to hate Russell Brand. I thought he was really weird and I didn't really get him at all. Um, But the last couple of years I've really listened to him. He's very open about drug addiction and mental health struggles and just about being kind and being compassionate and being loving and exploring, you know, what that is in the world and what else there could be. And then Eckhart Tolle, um, he's a spiritual teacher and so um, that talk that they were doing was just about, okay, what's actually going on now um, with humanity. And I, I found it very interesting because I've noticed in my own life that, and in people around me that I've had to change when I face adversity. And when we talk about my big lie where I just say I'm unlucky all the time, um, which I really believed for a long time, I'm not sure it's that, I think it's more that I've been on a spiritual journey or a personal growth journey or whatever you want to call it, um, where I needed these things in order to get me where I was supposed to go. So that's why I kind of was drawn to that clip.
0: Yeah, it's interesting what you say about um, needing those things, right? Because if you're fine, then you just continue to do what you do and you actually don't feel it's not that you can't grow, but you don't feel the need to grow or you don't really sense maybe where you where you should grow. I mean, does, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And I, I wonder personally if there are people that are better at that and they experience less adversity because they're better at being open to those growth opportunities. Maybe I'm not one of those people and I need those pushes and those challenges and those, you know, blow ups in my life in order to make forward progress? I don't really know. <laughs> what
0: do you think about that? <laughs> well, you know, I I, I wonder um, if it's even possible to parse the two apart, right? So, like, I'm totally on board with you when you say, like, uh, when you say that sometimes we need these things to happen to us for us to adjust course. Like, I'm 100% on board about that. What I wonder is, is the perception of why that's happening somewhat separate from the event happening, right? So Mm -hmm. something could happen to me and I realize, oh, I need to invest my money differently, or I need to treat my son differently, right? Now, I could see that as, oh, man, it's so horrible that he talked to me that way, and, and now I have to adjust. Or I could see it as, wow, aren't I so lucky that I have a son and a relationship that he can be open enough to tell me what I need to hear. Maybe I'm not happy about what he said or the way he said it, but aren't I happy that I have someone who is invested enough in our relationship that that he would tell this to his father, which might be a scary thing for a young child to say, right? right. So I just wonder, you know, is 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 there? Could could we separate those th- two things out even? And I wonder how much of your perception has shifted maybe over the years right like maybe it's it's your perception has shifted in terms of what that means about luck has that happened to you uh, at all in terms of how you perceive the perception of, of what's been happening
1: yeah i think that's kind of the key to the whole thing when you kind of figure out what your lie is it's because your perception about what is happening to you has changed So for me, anytime something bad would happen, I would be like, oh, here's another thing. Oh, here's another thing that's happening to me. Oh, my God. You know, I'm just attracting this into my life. And, um, you know, the last really, especially the last year or so, I just kind of let go. And, you know, I lost my job in April in a really kind of nasty way that hurt a lot. Mm. And. I did have that moment where I was like, "Gosh, I'm so unlucky again." But then I also had this moment where I went, "No, wait a minute. I'm being, being given an opportunity to remove myself from a toxic, dysfunctional situation. Um, it may be, it's not pleasant, but it was time to go. And now what can I do with that?" And so I do think it's definitely a mind shift and a perception change where you have to look at what happened. I know Oprah says this a lot and I've really absorbed this. She says, you know, look for the lesson and everything. And I've really been trying to do that lately because I think it does help you make that shift in perception instead of being like the victim where it's happening to me. Then you say, well, it's happening for me. Why is it happening for me instead of to me? And that kind of makes it more of a positive instead of a negative.
0: I feel like what you're saying, um, what I really like about it is it it kind of empowers you, right? As opposed to things happening to you. It's, I mean, I don't want to sound too corny, but it's like, it's more like a gift, right? This is something that is going to help you. And by empower, I mean, now you have the ability to, to take that on and and shape what happens next as opposed to dwelling on why it was so unfortunate that it happened.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Most people, if you kind of look backwards at your life about the things that blew up or that you perceived as negative, you can see how that did empower you in a way, even when you weren't empowered yourself to do something different. And so, you know, 10 years ago when I lost my job during the recession, I mean, it was horrible. I was out of work for 14 months. I went to go jump off a bridge because I was suicidal, but then I became a teacher (laughs) and I discovered this whole new side of myself and I would have never done that if I hadn't been forced to do that. And so it really, it was happening for me. I didn't realize it at the time and I lost everything that I had. And it's very easy when you lose everything, you lose your home. I mean, it's humbling and heartbreaking, but then when you come out of it later, I think as you get older, you can look back on your life and you can see more of those instances, you know, when you're pulled away, where you were actually empowered to do something else. You just didn't have the attitude at the time. So they think as you get older, you learn to find that attitude sooner. <laughs> so it's like you don't wait to, to look in hindsight and say, oh, actually, that was good. You try to, in the moment, say, okay, maybe this is good, <laughs> even if it doesn't feel like it.
0: So what, what you're saying is prompting me to say something that may sound a little bit crazy, but maybe it has something to do, do you think, with the resistance, right? Maybe when we're younger, we're so resistant of of what, whether you think it's God, fate, life, the universe, whatever you think it is, right? But something is telling us like, hey, Elizabeth, go left. But you insist on going right, and you go right, and you go right, and you go right until something really bad happens. And then you're like, oh. I, I should reverse and go left. Whereas right. maybe maybe when, maybe when we get older, it's like, maybe we go like, you know, 30 seconds going right, ah, you know what, I'm gonna go left. And that kind of softens the blow. I don't know what you think about that or if there's anything to that.
1: I do think there's something to that. This is something I learned last year, just in 2019, when I lost my job, again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mind you, I've lost a lot of jobs in the last 10 years. I'm like, here we go again. But that time, um, it was the night before we moved into our house. They fired me. And um, a week later, my cat tore up her leg, needed $5,000 surgery. I had no job prospects in sight. Yeah, that was really fun. But what happened was, you know, I spun in that like, oh, my gosh, I'm so unlucky thing again, because that was a lot at once. And we didn't have the money for the surgery. We did do it. My little baby can jump and do everything now. But, um, you know, I did... After about a month of that, I just kind of gave up because I couldn't find a way out. And that's when I started my blog. And that's when I started like speaking out about my experiences and just being authentic and being honest. And all of that is what led me to find a literary agency, find a publisher. And then I got my last job as, you know, a managing editor. And all of that was because I just stopped fighting it. And to your point, I was like, okay, I want to go right, but it's not letting me. So I'm just going to ride to the left. Fine. Mm-hmm. you know. And I really, for the first time, I just didn't fight it. I think I was just too tired or I don't know. And things turned out okay. So then when this blew up again, and we're in a pandemic and I'm like, oh, great. I have a book coming out in a pandemic when everybody's broke. This is awesome. you know. But then <laughs> I just kind of like went, okay, you know, that's not what I thought was going to happen, but that's what's happening. So I'm just going to kind of ride along um, and just do that differently. And I do write about that in the book about, you know, just kind of going with the flow sometimes. And, and yeah, it, 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 I think that's a better way to do it. And I don't think you know that when you're young and sometimes for me, I've had to go through this on repeat because I just wasn't learning it. I just wasn't learning it. And I finally think I've learned it. And it's, it's very, makes you more peaceful. You still have anxiety and you still don't know what's going to happen, but you just, you have a different perspective about life. You're like, okay, well, this will happen and maybe something else will happen and maybe something else will happen. I'm not dead. Okay. You know.
0: Well, let me ask you something about your experience, Elizabeth. Do you find that because those hardships, you know, the various hardships you may have suffered happened, you found yourself exploring, doing, accomplishing things that maybe if things were going well, you never would have imagined or or, or, or dared.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, instead of the I'm unlucky thing, when I look at my life, because really it's been 40 years of trauma and hardship and I'm I'm bone tired right now. So I'm really just resting a lot. But I could not, like when I was a school teacher, there was nothing those kids had been through that I could not relate to. And I was put in that position to help them based on all those experiences. This book that I wrote, I could not have written it without going through all of those experiences. And I wouldn't have these stories to share. And, you know, I was given this writing talent apparently very early on. I didn't know how to use it. And so, you know, what looked like bad luck was actually part of kind of my mission, I guess, or my destiny on this planet was I needed to have all of that quote, bad luck um, as part of my success story. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. What that reminds me of a lot is uh, since I started my podcast, I've been talking to a lot more, you know, professionals like yourself, people who, have thought or, you know, maybe somewhat experts on different areas, right? And I roughly, I roughly group my experience with them into two categories, right? And they're all great. But what I would say is there's one category, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with age, it's it's not an age thing. But there's one category where when you talk to the person, it just seems their experience is profoundly deeper. You know what I mean? Like what they're talking about came from like a real trial and and tribulation and they understand it in like such a meaningful deep personal way and then there are other people who also understand and they're smart and 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 they get it but maybe they haven't suffered or lived that thing as much and, and it's a different it's very subtle you know it's, it's like a different feel I don't know if you've experienced that when when you're teaching or, or, or when you talk to people you can kind of sense that there's some people like not that it's a bad thing but they've had it so easy they, they can't really even feel the depth of, of what they think they know or what they're talking about
1: I find that a lot I think that drives a lot of unkindness like I was talking about that makes makes me feel sad um, just not having that understanding And a lot of people will say that, you know, the more you've been through, the more fully human you are and, you know, the more well-rounded, the more empathetic you are. And I absolutely believe it's true um, because sometimes you just it's like you can kind of relate, but it's a whole different level. Like for me, having a chronic illness, people can when I tell them I have these symptoms that change all the time and, you know, I fatigue and all this stuff they can kind of relate, but unless they have my disease or have something similar, you know, it's just a whole other level. So it's not that you're a bad person or not good enough. You just get this, like you were saying, this more kind of like wisdom or deeper understanding of things. And I think that's really valuable to have. And, you know, and I do feel, I actually feel blessed at this point by all of the bad because I am very well-rounded and I do and that makes the pandemic even more painful for me because I feel what so many people are feeling because I've been through it myself, losing everything and worrying about, you know, how you're going to make it and all of that. And I do think it's, it is two different people. It's not like one is bad and one is, good. No, no. It's just, you know, it's just different level. And I mean, I, I feel fortunate that I can feel all those things and understand all those things.
0: All right, so let me ask you something uh, that may seem a bit of a bit of a wacky question, but I'll tell you why why I asked the question after uh, you answer it. So when you're watching TV, right, and um, you know more so like a, like a live thing, you know less so like a like a like a movie or a TV show, and you see someone and something like really kind of embarrassing or humiliating happens to them. And maybe they're hiding it, right? Like, maybe they're covering up. Like, do you perceive that like more deeply than like, let's say someone else? Like, like, do you, does that really kind of, does that trigger something in you more because you're, you have more of an experience and maybe you're more sensitive to that than other people?
1: I think I maybe don't experience it as fully in that sense, in that scenario, because when something embarrassing happens for me, I'm like, well, that's just life, you know, for somebody (laughs) else, It's like devastating, right? It's like, oh my God, what just happened? You know, and for me, I'm like, Hey, you know, just go on. Something else will happen next time, you know? And so I think, um, you know, that's my perspective from stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed of very many things anymore personally. And I used to be, and now it's just like, yeah, you know, I fall on my face. Okay. You know, everybody does. So I guess that's my answer to that one. I guess I just don't feel it maybe as intensely.
0: That is very interesting, because uh, the reason why I ask is my wife, she's very, very highly empathetic, right? Like she can sense things way before I even know what's going on, or I'll never know what's going on. And we'll like see something and she'll be like, wow, that person must be so embarrassed. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, it's it's not a big deal because I don't have that same level of, you know, of, of range of, I don't know, hardship or empathy or whatever. So it doesn't even like trigger for me. So it's interesting that that you have a different reaction, which is probably based on your attitude towards things, right? You know, your empathy and someone else's empathy is, is different, right? Because you're different people. Um, so I find that really fascinating how you have a slightly different reaction while you're both much more like 10 times more empathetic than someone like me seeing something
1: <laughs> well it's like i i can feel it personally but it's very brief you know it's like yeah. oh my gosh i know how that person must feel but then at the same time i'm going you know that's life you know let's kind of that's just i don't know That that's a fun question though
0: <laughs> so let me ask you about the opposite side right so 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 the lie that we're talking about today is is you know, in the past that you always felt you were unlucky and kind of your journey through that and and beyond that. Um, Are there ever times where you feel insanely lucky?
1: Yes, I do now. I didn't before. Um, Mm. My husband, I really hit the jackpot with my husband. So you know, if if I have nothing else in this life, having someone to love you and having a good marriage, I think is, you know, you don't have money, you don't have whatever, if you have love, that's the best thing you can ask for. So I do feel insanely lucky there. Um, And just the way things have gone this last year, I I feel very lucky. I mean, I got this publisher because one of their editors read my blog and introduced me. And so it's again, just, Kind of a testament to just go with the flow. Sometimes do what feels best, you know. um And so I have felt pretty insanely. Look, I mean, I'm on a podcast right now, <laughs> somehow, you know. <laughs> so it's an like, amazing,
0: amazing podcast.
1: <laughs> <an> amazing podcast. <laughs> and so, yeah, I will say I don't feel it super often, but I'm trying to feel it more. I'm trying to really focus on those things that are just kind of rolling in and falling in my lap because some of that is happening. Um, and I posted a video on LinkedIn this morning, just kind of, you know, to talk about my book. And, and it got so much engagement and so wow. many views. And I was like, okay, now I feel lucky because that's, it. you know, it just doesn't always happen that way, you know? So yeah, sometimes.
0: <laughs> you know, I feel, um, and this is you, and this is like other people as well who are maybe in the process of evolving or, or, or transforming over many years in terms of um, their purpose. Uh, I really feel that because you were doing things that were in line with what you're supposed to be doing with your purpose. so when you say your blog, it's more than that you did a blog. It's what you were blogging about and and what you were revealing and sharing to people and and how they were connecting with that. And then all the other things. I mean, I don't know all the things you did, but I, I, I feel that those all somehow align in a very powerful way to create future. I don't want to call it good luck, but to create future opportunities for the things that you would like to happen to happen to you, right? To, to, to things that would be very positive in a way.
1: Yeah, I, I've definitely had that experience. And I believe that for a long time, because I've spent a lot of my life, which is feeling like doors are slamming in my face, no matter which way I turn, it's been very frustrating. And when I just kind of gave up last year and was like, actually, I want to do a blog. And I want to just write about things that matter to me. It was because every door was slamming in my face. And I do think that Um, once you're on whatever path it is you're supposed to be on, that the doors just start opening for you um, and you just need to look for it. I think we're just afraid to do that because whatever reason, I was afraid for a long time, financial reasons or just lack of confidence or whatever, but I do think once you get where you're supposed to go and you can start tuning in when the doors are opening and shutting before they actually slam in your face, you're like, okay, that one's going to shut. I'm not going to go that way. You don't wait for it to like slam on you. Mm. Once you can get to that place, then I think, you know, quote, you get more lucky, but I'm I'm not sure that that's true for everybody because I know there's people that work so hard their whole lives and don't accomplish what they want to accomplish. And my only theory about that is maybe they're just not, using their talent in the way they're supposed to use it so for me i was like i want to write a novel like this badass fiction great american novel i don't know if that's in the cards for me and Mm -hmm. when i wrote this book it was the first time i just really sat down and i said i'm gonna write what i just what comes naturally to me and then i finally my fifth attempt finally completed one so i do think yeah once you get on that path the doors start opening you do get a little more lucky i guess
0: yeah, it's really interesting what you're saying about sort of what's possible for different people, right? Like it's it's weird. I I I I have these two thoughts that I hold in my mind and and they seem opposite, but I actually think that they can exist, you know, together. The duality which is one that, you know, each of us has potentially this like unlimited ability, right? Like like each of us is so special and have this unlimited, you know, ability. On the other end of the spectrum, a thought that I also hold is not all of us are, I don't want to say opportunity, let's just say not all of us are in the same position in terms of what's available to us or how easily it is available to us, right? So some people just with the same exact talent, are just going to have a much easier path. Like, let's say you want to be an actress, and you grew up, and your dad's a famous director or actor, your path is going to be much different than someone who grew up, and their parents were just, I don't know, like, ran a grocery store, right? And so, you know, it's much more difficult for you being equally talented. Um, And the way I kind of try to square that is, I don't think we should all be able to accomplish everything, because that's not realistic. But I feel like, Let's use, let's use you for an example, you know, the more you go along the path of what you're supposed to be doing, you accomplish closer to the most you would have been able to accomplish given the cards you were dealt, right? I mean, yeah. there's some maximum that you can accomplish given the cards you're, you're dealt. And the more you resist it, you know, to talk about what we were talking about before, the longer it takes, the more time you waste, you know, not doing the thing you should do, which puts you a little bit further back. So maybe at the end, you're not as far along as if maybe. Six months a year earlier, you had been like, "Okay, let's go."
1: Yeah, I do also think that there's different levels of being human, and sometimes you're not meant. Like I'm not meant to be Oprah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I would love to be Oprah because I feel like I try to do some of the same things. But I, I do think that sometimes just a quiet existence is what you're supposed to be, and you're supposed to make your impact in other ways. So I don't feel like you know, um, if you mow lawns or, you know, you're a dishwasher or a cashier, whatever it is, where, you know, it's not a talent per se, like acting or singing or whatever, that's not necessarily bad. I mean, unfortunately, our country doesn't pay people well enough to have a good life financially, but there are a whole lot of people where their job is just kind of their job and they make their impact either with their family, their friends, that's what they were brought here to do is to be somebody to somebody else, you know? And so I just, that's kind of how I squared away in my mind is okay. I, me personally, I was put on this journey because I was supposed to do something with it. My husband, for example, he didn't have that journey. He's had a pretty easy life, you know, Um, not a lot of hardship, And he just kind of does his day job. He's been in his company for 17 years. But he was put here to help me and to help, you know, his family and to make a Mm -hmm. difference in the lives of his friends. Everybody loves Jason. I mean, he's so popular. And that's kind of, you know, his thing. So I don't think it's always just this big talent or this big thing. Sometimes it's just a quieter life that you're supposed to live. And, you know, people resist that sometimes because they want to be Oprah or Letterman or you know, Obama or whatever it is. And it's just not meant for them,
0: you know? Well, what I really like about what you're saying is it makes me think about how do you as a human being, right? How do you and how do I measure value, right? And yes. the value of what we do. Do we measure it in dollars? Do we measure it in mm-hmm. fame? Do we measure it in likes or follows? Or do we measure it, let's say, on the opposite end of the spectrum, impact, or, yeah. you know, transformation or, you know, love. I mean, so it to me, like, that's kind of like where it gets a little bit sticky because especially when you're younger, you're looking more at the materialistic societal view of things and that's normal, right? I mean, you're in society, you're like, why does this person have a bigger house than this person or why why is everyone, all these people screaming and such a big fan of this person and then this other person, you know, couldn't even get a cup of water, you know, if, if they need... <laughs> What, what, why is that, right? Like, like what, why is that happening? And then it's natural to think like, well, I'd rather be the person with the big house and, and the screaming fans, right? Okay. Um, but is that really personally, you know, the thing that you value? And, and I think that's kind of, a, it's kind of a journey for each of us, right? To figure out like, where does our value lie? Um, and then you, you live with your choices of, of value.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really easy when we live in a capitalistic society to place a lot of value on money and achievement, you know, and um, people are doing it now during a pandemic. Like, well, what are you achieving? What are you accomplishing? You, are you writing your novel? Or are you, are you following your dreams? And sometimes you just need to be, you know, sometimes that's not the, the goal. And um, I think you, everybody does need to decide for themselves. Uh, I think, eventually you're going to fall into whatever you're supposed to be doing and whatever that achievement is supposed to be. But I really, I don't think humans personally were meant to just chase money and chase, you know, fame and all of that. I think it's natural that we want comfort and stability. Um, I mean, everybody wants the nice house and the trips and all of that. I want that too. That'd be awesome. But I think you know as you get older you recognize at the end of the day there's a lot of people that have those things and they're miserable and you look at them and you go how can you be miserable (laughs) but it's because that's really like you get to that that end goal and you realize that's not actually the the pot of gold you know what i mean you were chasing something that was kind of a mirage the Mm. the actual end goal is something else and it's you know less tangible and concrete
0: yeah It's almost a bit of a stereotypical example at this point, right? Like the miserable, loveless kind of, (laughs) you know, rich people. And and I wonder as we're talking, you know, it's not so much about money or not having money. It's, to me, maybe it's more about like, you can have a lot of money and you can be wildly successful. But if you're doing it in a way that honors your values and your purpose and what you're supposed to be doing, then... That's like the best of maybe of, of of both worlds, right? You don't have to sacrifice necessarily either.
1: Yeah, correct. I mean, I think like Eckhart Tolle has a ton of money, I'm sure. I, mean, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> best selling author around the world, but he doesn't, you know, so he gets a lot of material comfort from that, but he still doesn't focus on it. So it's like that's a great byproduct. And I do get it. I've been poor. I grew up poor. I understand that feeling. I understand that fear. And I get really angry about just inequality because, you know, everybody should have basics and, you know, safe housing and food and all of that. But um, I do think that, yeah, as, if you're on your path, it's going to be different for you. Like I don't think Oprah is a miserable person. She has her own struggles like everybody else, but you can tell she's a joyful person mm-hmm. and she still has all this money. The same thing with um, the Microsoft guy, Bill Gates. Like he has his foundation and, and all of that. And then I look at other people and I don't know these people, but you know, like the Jeff Bezos is of the world and um, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, I just look at their faces. I look at their personal lives and they don't seem that happy to me. I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, I think you can be happy or unhappy with money. It's just how did you arrive there and was that your real end goal or was it something higher, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Let's go to our next step. Um, Can you share with our audience, you know, now that you've revealed the big lie, which you've lived and and come through, what is a specific concrete step that people can do today to sort of take advantage of this new sort of knowledge?
1: I think honestly, you can just like look around you whenever you feel like something bad is happening just to you. Look around and you will see that that's not the case. And you can kind of pull yourself out of that just um, mental, emotional tornado and step back. You can also just kind of consciously say, let me think about other times in my life when things were bad, when I felt unlucky. And this is specific to feeling unlucky. You know, was I really unlucky? What actually happened? You know, down the line, did did good come out of it? Did bad? Did sometimes bad came out, maybe, but maybe good came out. So I think being kind of introspective and retrospective can kind of help you pull yourself out. And like I said, just opening your eyes. Um, it was one thing I wrote about in the book. My first, the first time I realized I didn't have the monopoly on hardship was when I went to Hawaii by myself and met this nice gentleman on the beach we would just have breakfast every morning that's it um and he would tell me about his divorce and his sorrows and he was from san diego and how he would go surfing every day to kind of quell all of that and he was probably 10 years older than me i was 28 at the time i think or 30 i don't remember and i just realized wow okay other people hurt too and it completely changed my perspective it's like no i don't have bad luck cause he had bad luck <laughs> and I didn't, I was so convinced of my own lie that I didn't want to open my mind. And I still thought, well, I just have it worse than everybody else. Maybe they have bad luck, but I have worse luck. And I don't know, something just changed in me that day when I just really connected with another human being or that week that I was there and I just realized, okay, it's not just me. So I think opening your mind and really seeing other people, and getting through that stubbornness of saying, I do have it the worst, I do have it the worst. Actually, you don't, because there's people dying right now as we talk. Um, People have lost people they love. So that's my advice.
0: Yeah, one thing really powerful, um, I think about what you're saying is, and you use the word, it's it's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have that perspective that's just very inward and, and doesn't take into account, you know, what might be going on elsewhere, it's almost like our imagination, which is, extremely powerful. I mean, that's why we've, you know, why we've uh, evolved so much. Our imagination can be used in the worst way possible, right? To, to, yes. to imagine all the ways that our problems are much worse than like, this person just got hit by a truck and right. his family died in the accident and whatever, whatever, you know, he's got no health insurance. and, right. you know, But but somehow it, we can figure out, you and I, we have powerful imaginations. We can figure out a way that somehow he's luckier than, than we are. We can do it if, if we really, apply our minds to it, you know, versus if you're open, like you were saying, and you have that perspective, then you don't even go there. You don't even begin to think that because it's, it's, it's absurd.
1: Yeah, humans are really excellent at making up stories. We do that all the time when we worry about the future. You know, even now as I'm having all this anxiety about the pandemic, being jobless, whatever, I'm making up all of these stories about what's going to happen, what could happen, oh, this, oh, that, you know, oh, my gosh, lose my house, whatever. We do the same thing when we examine our own, you know, um, obstacles. We make up a story about it that, you know, I don't know. I I think it used to soothe me somehow. I'm not sure. I I think I I really used to feel sorry for myself a lot and I don't Uh, anymore. And I think making up these stories about myself or, oh my gosh, I just have it the worst. It gave me an identity, you know, and it gave me something to just, grasp onto to feel in control of? Well, I can be the most unlucky person. That's what I can be, you know, and I just changing that perspective, it takes a lot of practice. It's not easy.
0: Mm, that's, that's interesting what you said about it becoming part of your identity, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's just fundamental to who you are at, the, at at that point in time. So why would you think any differently? That's, who you've predetermined almost who you are. You've predetermined your reaction and your perspective because you've chosen an identity of, of unlucky person. Right?
1: Yeah. I I think we do that our whole lives, especially like with our jobs, if it's not kind of going, we're like, well, this is who I am. Like for me, Oh, I was a tech writer or I was a teacher. or I was a marketer. And you're just like, well, that's all I am. And that's all people want to say that I am. And you just put these different identities on. I know people that are sick, And they really wear that like a cloak, like that is their identity. And so trying to get better is really hard when you're holding on to that as your identity. So when you're holding on to this idea that I am the most unlucky person, it really takes some work to say, okay, I've got to let go of that identity. Mm -hmm. I've got to decide to change, let it go. I can be somebody else. I don't have to be that, you know, I can, I can do it differently. Mm
0: -hmm. So I want to share something with you that um, I've talked about before, but I think I'm just going to talk about it again because it's just so relevant to what you were just saying. Um, I read something recently from a Scottish chess champion where he talks about you will never become a chess champion. It's in the context of chess, but I think it applies to life. If you want to be a champion, right? You have to um, decide that you are a champion already, and then yeah. by doing that, you live your life the way a champion would. you're not a champion yet, right so he's not crazy, but he's saying like you start to study like a champion does. you enter the types of tournaments the champions do on their way up. every decision you make is kind of filtered through you know your purpose or your, your identity, right and that helps you evolve into that. Whereas if you just kind of want something, all you see are the obstacles and the things that you lack, right? Like, oh, I didn't have a coach who could teach me how to become a champion, right? Versus a person who says, I'm a champion. And then they look around and they're like, look, all these other champions have coaches. I'm going to do everything I can to figure out how to get a coach, whether it's work extra jobs or barter services or whatever, I'm going to get a coach because I have to. That's what champions do. They have coaches. So I I kind of can can see that, if I may be so bold to say that in kind of your journey, right, where you decided like, hey, I'm going to be an author. I'm going to write this book. And then everything kind of sort of shifted in that way for you. I mean, has that been your experience or am I just kind of imagining (laughs) this?
1: No, I kind of, I think that's a really good way to trick yourself out of that, you know, out of that stuck place where you're identifying with something else. Um, I still have trouble calling myself an author because I still have this underlying feeling of inadequacy. Mm. I do call myself a writer Uh um, because I've written for business for so long and I know I can do that. The personal writing, I still, people will tell me you're an author and I still go, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, I am. What I did do, though, was I decided I was going to be authentic. I was going to, you know, I would, that was, I guess, my way of did, making that declaration. Instead of saying, I'm an author, I just went, I'm going to be me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do what feels right to me instead of what I should do or what I've been doing or what makes logical sense. And that's kind of how I ended up being an author was just deciding to just be authentic. I didn't know what that meant, though. So I think some of us, we don't know what we're supposed to do. So you can't just say, well, I'm going to be a chess champion. If you don't know that that's what you want to do. So for me, I didn't know. So for me, and I think for people like that, or who are kind of flailing around and like, well, I want to be something. I don't know what you just say. I'm going to be me. That's what I'm Mm going to own. And then you start going down that path because as you start being you, then all the stuff that's not you starts falling away and all the habits that are not you start falling away. And I think you have that same experience like you talked about
0: mm-hmm. with
1: being the champion or do it where you do certain things. I think as you be you, then you start doing certain things that bring you more onto your path.
0: Does that make sense? So I really love that. Let me ask you a question. How do you figure out in your mind who you is, right? Because a lot of people, I feel like part of the challenge is they don't even know who they are.
1: Yeah, That's hard. I mean, I've been trying my whole life to figure out who I am, (laughs) you know, the only thing I knew, which is why I got a bachelor's degree in literature was that I could write. That's all I knew. And I was a dancer. I was a ballerina. And, you know, um, I met my husband salsa dancing, but that fell away with age. And then I was like, well, who am I? And the only constant thing, you know, I just kind of examined my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's things that you're good at that you're supposed to do. And there's things that you're good at that you're, you know, you can do, but that's not really what you want to do. I'm a great marketer. I don't really want to be a marketer. So Mm -hmm. the writing though, I went and I said, okay, I'm a good writer. Is there something? Because that keeps coming back. So for me, I looked at my life and I said, I can't make up my mind. I've been a teacher. I've been a tech writer, a marketer, an instructional designer or whatever. And I just tried to find patterns so I think sometimes you just need to look and see what comes back. You know, I would quit writing for a year sometimes, at a time, and it would just come back. And then I'd quit again, and it would just come back. And for me, I'm so I'm interested in so many things that that's really the only thing that stayed constant. And so that's how I kind of figured out, okay, I'm supposed to go this way. But then once I figured that out, it was like, well, how do I use it? That's a whole other thing. So it's really hard. It's hard to figure out for some of us. I think some of us are born knowing I'm going to be a doctor I'm going to be an actor, you know, whatever, I'm going to own my own business. And some of us would just, and I talk about this in my book, some of us have to take a journey first before mm. we figure out what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to be. And that was me. I had to take my journey and then it kind of started crystallizing. So if you don't know yet, you may just not be done with your journey yet to, to get to where you know what you're supposed to do.
0: And it's never too late, right? As long as we're breathing, we late. have time.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if you were done doing what you were supposed to do, you would die. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I firmly believe that once you're done here, you go, you know, I yeah. just, I think if you're still here, there's a reason you're still here because I, I remember like in science class, they told me this like blew my mind. I think it was in high school where they said, you have cancer cells in you every day that your body is fighting off every day and i was like oh my god i could get cancer any day <laughs> you know right, and right. i think that you know if you're 40 i'm about to turn 40 or 50 or 60 you're like "God, i'm still lost i mean you're still here so i mean you're you're not really lost you've, you've been walking down a path that maybe you didn't understand but you're on your way to something otherwise you you know <laughs> lights out <laughs> i don't know <laughs>
0: Last thing I wanna say before I ask you a little bit more about um, you know, what you're up to and, and how our guests can get in touch with you. I feel, and, and your 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 story kind of confirms this feeling that that time you spend reflecting on who you are and your experiences and what you're supposed to be doing is, is so powerful and it, it's time well spent. If you think about how much time we spend getting skills, getting educated, working out, preparing food, I don't know, all the things, right? And, and then and then think about like the tiny sliver of time you dedicate to actually thinking at all, like like not figuring the whole thing out, but even spending like a minute thinking about like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? What am I good at? What am I meant to be doing? I mean, that is really time well spent. And I'm guilty of this too. I feel like we grossly under allocate the amount of time that we give to that. And we over allocate to like a lot of other stuff, which is important, but maybe doesn't need that much. time. I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I think that's one of the gifts of a pandemic. If you've lost your job, um, is it sucks and it's scary, but you've also been given that time to think, you know, to yes. think about with what I was doing good for me. Um, I said something about this on social media recently. Am I growing not just my skills and my bank account, but am I growing me? Am I growing uh-huh. closer to who I'm supposed to be? And I think a lot of people right now are taking that time finally and going, gosh, no. <laughs> um, that, yeah, I was getting more skills and my bank account was doing better and I was getting more prestige or more responsibility, but I'm not getting any closer to me as, you know, Mm -hmm. who I could be or should be. And, and they're starting to think, okay, how can I change that? And, you know, to, I think I said this earlier, sometimes you're forced to. So when you're blown out of a job, you just, and you don't have any, a lot, I mean, I think there's, you know, 20, 30 million people unemployed right now, and there's only like 5 million jobs. And so a lot of us have no doors you know, that will open right now. And so it's a really good time to just go, okay, what do I really want to happen? And, and, you know, just take that time to think because you're right. We don't, I mean, I didn't, I, I did, I would take tests and, and I, you know, I would spend time trying to figure things out after job, after job would blow up. But most of the time I was just kind of going along. It's like, well, this is life. This is what it gave me. And you get complacent.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's been so wonderful talking to you again. Um, Learned a ton. How can our guests get in touch with you, learn more about you, your book, your writing? Um, What's the best way for people to learn more about you, Elizabeth?
1: I'm pretty much in two places. I have my website, which is just ElizabethCHaines.com. I'm sure you'll have it posted somewhere. I have a blog on there. And so I post things, I I try to do it like once a month, maybe twice a month, but you know, sometimes I'm just not feeling it. I have nothing to say. (laughs) So, but I also put up all my podcasts. I do there. I have an excerpt from my book, which actually talks about this very thing. It's called life shows you your calling. And I wrote about that journey about figuring out who I am. you can read that one there. Um, You can also buy the book there. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. For whatever reason, that's where the universe put me. <laughs> and so um, I'm very active on there. If you want to follow me, I post my blogs a lot. And I just post general content on there and videos sometimes and, you know, uplifting things sometimes. And that's usually where I'm
0: at. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing your big line with us. I can't wait to see what happens next.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Do you like feeling stuck in your professional career or relationships? Do you like wasting time on top five lists or superficial advice? If there was a way to change your life without having to get anyone else's permission, would you take it? I'm happy to announce the launch of Unlock University or unlock you. Join us as we unlock the 12 super personal skills that will immediately transform the way people respond to you. To learn more, go to www.connectioncounselor.com. See you in class. Thank you so much for listening to The Big Line. We hope it has an amazing impact on your life. I only have one favor to ask. If you enjoy the show, please tell the one person you know who needs to hear about it and share the link. That's it. Together, we can vanquish these illusions that are holding us back.